0: Ozone. Welcome to the Ozone Podcast, featuring Jaguars.com senior writer, John Osher, and Jaguars executive producer, Dave DeCandis. We're going to do something a little different this week. We talked to former Jaguars wide receiver and Jaguars wide receiver coach, and I believe future pride of the Jaguars member, Keenan McCardell, this week. We went really long. We talked to him for quite a while about a lot of different topics. So we're not going to talk very much between me and Dave to get things started. Instead, we're going to go right into the interview. We're both going to laugh when I say this. Somebody I've known for almost 25 years, which I know for both of us will be a shock and incredible because we have a lot of memories from way back when. Uh, It's a player and a coach and a person the Jaguars fans have loved and enjoyed for a long time it's uh Jaguars wide receiver long-time wide receiver and now wide receiver's coach Keenan McCardell. Keenan, I appreciate you joining it uh joining us. And boy, it is hard to believe that I first started talking to you 25 years ago, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is. Thank you first John, for having me here uh, on the podcast. Uh, it just thinking about that it doesn't seem like it's been 25 years. It seems like it was just yesterday.
0: Incredible. I mean it, it's uh and for fans who maybe don't know Covering you back in the day, I always enjoyed uh, talking to you by your locker when we were sitting down doing one-on-ones because you had such a great insight into the game. And the thing that I always tell people when I'm talking about you, even beyond the insight, it was the passion that you felt for the sport, the game. I've covered a lot of athletes, uh, you know, and maybe up there with a guy like Peyton Manning, Baselli, some of the, the greats that I've been able to cover, Reggie Wayne. You're up there in terms of amount that you care about this game and the sport and it's in you. Has that always been that way since you can remember? I know you were a fan growing up, but this thing means a lot to you, doesn't it?
1: It does. I mean, it's part of who you are as a player. I mean, well, people always say, you know, I play the game, you know, to, you know, I play the game. I love to play the game, but, you know, sometimes – things distract you from loving to play the game. But if you're really, truly passionate about it, those things won't distract you. Uh, those are just obstacles to keep you, see if you want to stay focused in the game, you know? And I think right. uh, the great ones that, that have that passion for the game, find find ways to get over those obstacles and continue to love the game. You know, I was, I was listening to... Um, I think it was Troy Aikman, or yeah, I think it was Troy Aikman. Um, and he said you had to reinvent yourself as you got older in the uh, in the game. You know, you have to to make yourself stay fine-tuned to the details. Uh, the waking up um, every day, getting up great uh, meal, great meals, getting up, going to work out when you don't have to. You know, when you're probably one of the best. Best at your position, you can skip a day. But the ones that are passionate and truly love the game, they do it because it's a part of them. They want to make sure the game continues to to grow and continue. And you continue to to uh, give back to the game what what the game gave to you. I mean, I think the game has given a lot of guys some great things. Uh, I, you know, people have uh, the guys have seen things that they would have never seen. Playing football and um, and you got to give it back. You can't just take take take. You got to sometimes you got to be the ones to give back and and believe that you're giving back to make the game better.
0: Yeah, and speaking to the passion that you played with, I think we've talked about this before. I can remember covering a game. We were both gone from Jacksonville. I was I was covering the Colts. You were playing for San Diego Chargers at the time. I know you remember the game. It was when you guys went to the Colts, upset them when they were, I think, 13 or 14 and 0. I recall you catching a touchdown pass early in that game, I think. Yes. And you slammed the ball against the uh, the back of the end zone. But I remember sitting in the press box that day thinking, you know, I first started covering this guy 10 years ago. At that point, you're in the league for 15 years. But you're still playing like a kid. It's still – there was still a joy watching you play. I remember thinking to myself, I said, you know, at that point I probably hadn't talked to you in five or six years. but yep. That's still the same Keenan. That's still the same guy. <laughs> it, still convinced it is. That even 15 years in, you were wide receiver one. In still, the, uh, still the best. <laughs> I mean, not just wide receiver one.
1: That's one in the league. I mean, right. that's the thing that you always got to think and always got to mm-hmm. know. You got to feel that if you – if you don't feel that you won't play that way. I mean, if you will not right. if you don't bring that type of mentality to the game, you won't play. You won't be that, be that dude that you, that every, like I always tell my guys, don't talk about it. Be about it. Don't tell me, right. don't give me lip service. When you say you're going to do something, I expect you to go out there and do it and do it. Like you say, you're going to do it as passionate as you said. As passionate as you said it in the room, I want you to be just as passionate out on the field doing it. And even when you get hit upside the head or get hit in the mouth one time, I want you to get up and still do it just as passionate as you would do if you would dominate that guy at the beginning of the game, but then he hits you in your mouth and then it changes your, your thought process. No, it's what you love to do. If you're passionate about it, like it's an obstacle. You got to find a way... To work through that obstacle and be passionate about this mm-hmm. game, I tell those guys that all the time, and that's how I played. I mean, there's no way he's gonna cover me. I like I, you and Prisco used to always say you're always open, right? And I was like, yeah, I'm always. Open. <laughs> I mean, and I was. I mean, in my mind, I'm always open until right. I see it on film that I wasn't. And and I used to tell them this: I don't have to be super wide open to make a play and catch the ball because. I know I'm going to catch the ball if it's anywhere close
0: to me. Something you just said. I want to ask you about your guys, your group here in a second. Something you just yeah. said, I don't want to forget to ask this, about getting hit. You know, Out of all the guys I've ever covered, I don't know if you didn't mind it. I don't know if you enjoyed it. But you didn't mind the middle. And you got up from more stuff that I thought was going to lay you out. Did you like it or did it just not bother you or was that part of it? Or how did you approach that? You know what i
1: never had a fear factor because that was just part of the game i mean and i was taught a long time ago in my neighborhood by some some of my older friends you know and they were like you can't come out here and be afraid to play and compete and get hit it's part of what you do It's part of what it's part of this game and ever since then i realized it's part of what i have to do and and what I did as a player was to figure out where I, where the soft part of the zones were, when I was going to get hit and when I wasn't going to get hit, you know. And like I I look at some guys back when I played, and they playing with reckless abandon. I'm playing with reckless abandon also, but but smart reckless abandon, understanding where I need right. to be when I when I when I need to slow down, when I need to keep running, and stuff like that. Um, I mean, it just happened when I was young. I mean, in the neighborhood, guys, my older friends would just tell me, hey, man, this is part of what, what this game is about. And if you, don't, if you don't like to get hit, you shouldn't play this game. It's basketball. It's baseball. And it was always a part of me. I mean, it was my, one, it was my first love. So right. it was, I was going to figure out how to play this game.
0: Tell me about your guys. I know you've talked about them after the draft, and I guess in terms of detail. What do you like about this group of players? Uh, it it seems to be coming together as one of maybe the better groups you've had here.
1: It's it's a really good group. Um, first off, we have we care about each other in that room. I, I make sure that everybody cares about one another. Um, you know, when I say that, I mean literally care about them, but literally cares about what they're doing for the other person out on the field. You gotta understand the game to to help your partner because sooner or later your partner's gonna have to help you. So we kinda have a mutual uh they, they see it that way and um, you know, I gotta run this post for this guy and then I come back, I'm gonna run the the over route and this guy's gonna run the post for me. So they start they start to like each other. They enjoy being around each other. Um I mean, I think these guys—they really like to play football. I mean, uh, I mean, and I, I kind of press them to not just like to play football, but to start to love to play football. And I, you know, and I, you know, I—I I talk about life issues, um, talk about economic issues. Um, where would you be if you wasn't here? You know, I just kind of keep it straightforward with them and uh, and speak the truth to them because I played there, I've played in their shoes. I've been in everybody's shoes in that room, from the from the practice court guy to the guy that's like trying to make the team, uh been the fifth guy, the fourth guy, the third guy, uh the second guy, the guy in the room that's gotta be the 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 guy that, that stirs the coffee that that number one guy. I've been those guy I've been in every one of those seats and I try to help them get through some of their 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 thoughts of doubt or what you should do, I say, this is what's going to happen. You got to think like this. And probably about 90% of the time, it happens the way I say it. And they'll come back and look at me and say, thanks, coach. And, you know, and it's like, no, I say, that's what I'm here for. I mean, I, I'm, right. I'm here to help you through this. I, it's part of me giving them what somebody gave me when I played you know, the Ricky Sanders, the Art Monks, the Gary Clarks, you know, even the Andre Rizens, people don't realize. I mean, he's, he was a caring person. Like you, if you, if you, if you be around guys, you tend to find things that you are attracted to from each player. And, you know, and I, I try to give them those type of experiences that I've been around like great guys and how they helped me get through this. And me as a coach, I'm, you know, I have, to, I have to not be their – I'm not their friend. I am their friend, but I'm not their friend. They understand that. They know how, how that relationship goes. But they know I care about them, and I coach every one of them the same exact way. I coach them hard. And um, I don't care if you the the free agent receiver that's just made the team. I demand – when you step in our room, our, <laughs> our goals are so high and if you don't have them type of goals you're going to get coached out of the room or you're going to get coached to catch up with our goals right. you know and and that's how I coach them man I, I mean i'm passionate about about the game as you like as we said earlier and i want everybody that's in my room to be passionate about that about the about the football about about football
0: and yeah, you played or didn't play but you were around that redskins group which i don't know if 30 years later people remember <laughs> It may be one of the best wide receiver rooms of all time. You had Monk, <laughs> Clark, and Sanders. They were putting up thousand-yard seasons as a group before anybody did that. Right. What What that year shaped you? What How did that year help you help shape you? Even though you weren't on the field.
1: Um. For one, I took a little bit from all three of those guys of how to shape my game. Because I got in and I, I felt like, first I was mad because I got drafted in the 12th round. So I came right. to camp with a, with a freaking chip on my shoulder like no other. Um, and I was, I, you couldn't tell me I wasn't as good as those guys when I walked in the building. I mean, right. it wasn't that I showed it like being arrogant, but my confidence within me when I when it was time to step up for one on ones, seven on sevens, team, I, I I can do what they do. I see it, I see it. I, I I mean, and I just picked up things of how to be super competitive from like Gary Clark, being a true playmaker like like Ricky Sanders, and being the consummate pro like Art Monk, just just being on time being a leader, the quiet one that, that just showed up every day. And, and next thing you know, you look up, dang, he got, he got 700 catches real quick. or he got, he got, he got 80 catches in the year where you think that he had a down year, you know, and back then, you know, so that was one of those things that I, I, I had a great time learning from those guys. And, um, and they took me up, up under under their wings and just and just made it just made me who I was. I mean, I, I really think that year was a great year because I mean, it, it, we won the Super Bowl. I learned so much of how to be a true pro. I mean, I was I had just turned twenty one, right. going in the league, and I'm around guys that were probably thirty.
0: Yeah,
1: early 30s uh, tw- early 30s 29 there wasn't many young players on that team it um they showed me how to be pros not just the receiver room that whole team coach gibbs was a great leader i mean he showed showed us how to be how to be men like and we he had a lot of men on that team but he showed us how to be great men
0: um i was 4 years with the browns by the time you got to Jacksonville in 96, nobody else really, I mean, I shouldn't say nobody. Most fans didn't know you yet, but you felt like you were ready. Yeah. Was the chip still there? Did it always stay? Or what was your mindset <laughs> going into that 96 season? Uh,
1: my chip stayed. I mean, <laughs> well, I still want. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> um, My biggest thing was this. My, I just needed to be that guy for the – from, from, from game one to game 16. And I was going to show you that I was one of the better receivers in the league. Like I was going to put up those type of numbers. I was going to help a team win. I was going to lead. I was going to show, show you how you supposed to play the game, you know, and not, and not be a guy that, that was always rah, -rah rahing about it. Just let's get on the field. Let's, let me show you what's, what's going to happen. And, and when I came into Jacksonville, Tom asked me to be a leader and this, that, and the other. And I was like, I'm fine with it, but I got something to prove right now. I mean, I am right. i i understand being a leader. Well, I'm going to lead by example because I'm going to go out here and I'm going to burn this thing up. It ain't going to be it's no nonsense. Uh, injury, we're going to fight through injury. I'm going to be on this field from from game one to game 16, and I'm going to show – this league exactly what this 12th round guy that you know should be should be be said put his name up you know in the up there with it with the best I mean I I think that's the type of passion I had that's the kind of chip I had on my shoulder I mean it just was that chip went from being a 12th round guy and then being pissed in Cleveland because I felt like I was I was not being played the way I wanted to be played, sure. but you know, you you have to wait your turn. And and one thing about Coach Mann in Cleveland, he told me, you gotta just wait your turn, bro. When your turn comes, you gotta, you gotta show up and 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 perform. And when I when my time came, injuries came, people came, I got a, a true opportunity. I outplayed people, uh I performed. And when I got to when I got to Jacksonville, I told Coach Mann, I was like, I'm going to put to work what you, what you taught me,
0: and, and I did. I'm gonna, there's three questions. I'm just going to say the phrase. I want you to think I want you to know what comes to mind. And this is the time okay. of the interview to do it. Jimmy Smith.
1: One of the best that ever played the game at the position.
0: What do you guys mean to each other?
1: We mean a lot to each other, man. I I think I think people I mean we we understand each other. Yeah. We don't have we don't have to be calling it every day. We call every other week or, or every week, once a week. Uh we still have that bond. It it just it's just like that. I mean I mean we think the same we will be right. sitting over there thinking looking at something we'll be like <laughs> i already know what you're thinking it is like yeah i'm thinking the same thing too i mean it's just one of those things i mean he i mean it, it was it was a, a great tandem we we did exactly what the other one didn't do and it, yeah. it's like a good marriage you put it together and it, it it's going to work
0: did you have an appreciation i mean i don't think i did i covered you guys most of the time you played together, knew I was seeing really, really good. Maybe I didn't appreciate what I was saying. Did you know at the time that that was going to be such a defining relationship, greatness, all of what it was? Did you have an appreciation uh, for it, or is it taking time to realize that?
1: No, it didn't take time because we had the same chips. We had chips okay. on our shoulder, and we told each other that. Know, they tried to get us out of here.
0: Uh, out of the league.
1: Out of the league. This time we're right. gonna leave. We're gonna we're gonna leave this league when we wanna leave this league. And when we said that, we knew every day we went out. Every day in practice, if we were gonna demonstrate that we were the best in the league, we were gonna dominate. I, it was. It was times – Tom used to get mad at us because he would get mad at the defense. Well, you guys got to cover them. They weren't going to cover us in practice. Nah. <laughs> it, 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 went, it wasn't happening. And, you know, it was It was going to be a flat-out battle every day. And, I mean, everybody, that they'll tell you. I and mean, we – one-on-ones, it was our time to embarrass folks. Like, it, we – I mean, it was just – that's the type of chip we had on our shoulders. And it wasn't just just my chip. It was his chip. And it was almost, it was a great competition because he would do something. Oh, I got to go do something. Right. And we laugh about it. He said, boy, I saw you do something over there. <laughs> I, now I got to make sure I go do something now. You know? It's like, and we, were, I mean, it, and it was never a where we were mad at each other or stuff like that. We just wanted to To continue to show people that we belong,
0: and that'll go with you forever, won't it? That
1: relationship, definitely, definitely, definitely. You know, and um, I mean, it was it was just amazing. I mean, just to 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 have a person like that on your side that you know that that played the same way you played.
0: 1996.
1: um why not us yeah why not us
0: there was a magic Uh, to it though
1: wasn't it it was uh it was a lot of magic i was like why not us because nobody gave us a chance but we saw it was funny we saw it in the locker room everybody saw it you know and it was i think Clyde simmons made us understand it. You know, we saw it. We knew it. You know, got two of the best tackles in the game playing. Two of the best receivers in the game. Young. Everybody was young. Excited. Chip. We never we never wavered in the locker room and Clyde helped kept us from that. Him and Jeff Loggman, like, I they were like <laughs> Jeff was like, "You guys don't know right this time is running short for me, and we got the talent in here. Uh, like it would say that, and we all realized that, and um it just started to come together. uh you know, we brought Natron in. Natron had been so good. I mean, it was just like the 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 um the personalities just fit. Mm -hmm. You know, you go Kevin Hart, you go to the Robert Massey's, I mean, you go to Mark, I mean, you you go to Smingy, you go Yurkovich, I mean, things just kind of, it was personalities from all Mm -hmm. over that we, when we got in the locker room, it was fun. I mean, I hate to say it, it was a lot of fun, Uh, you know. We played cards. You know, we played spades. We, we just, like, it was there. I mean, yeah. and everybody was just, okay, what are we going to do? You know, we need to come together. And then, you know, at the end of the year, stuff just started clicking because people just start believing and knowing that I can count on that guy. He going to make that play. He going to make that block. He going to make that tackle. He going to get that sack. He's going to make that kick, you know, He going to make that punt. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, it just, it just fit. I mean, it started out. Everybody was trying to figure it out. It just came through with, I'm telling you, Jeff and Clyde was those guys that kind of just was like, man, it's here. We've seen it. You guys just got to believe us. And,
0: and we did. You've got a couple of rings, but it sounds like that year is up there in terms of your memories
1: it is it's it it was and i think uh because nobody believed in us um i mean it's just that we believed in ourselves in that locker room and it's kind of funny um because at the beginning of the year you know tom was tom was 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 popping the whip. He was he was driving us, <laughs> and he was get, he was getting after us. And you know, it was grumbles in the locker room, this, that, and the other. And we kind of just say, "Hey, man, the only way we can change this is by winning. We got to start winning, and this is going to change. It didn't change a lot, but it it changed <laughs> just enough to make us sure. feel like we won. It was." Like not saying that it was us against the the coaching staff, but we all we we had that type of mentality at first because he was driving us. But after a while, we realized we're practicing hard. The rewards are gonna come on Sunday, and we was out there getting after it. I mean, and we realized it wasn't at first. It was grumbles. Then after after that, we realized. Like, man, we're we're getting better. We're getting better mm-hmm. fast. And we just started to, to say, okay, we we can make this easy. We just got to keep winning. And the more we won, the more he pushed. Right. And the more we, we wanted to keep him from pushing, and the more we focused more to win and win and win. And, uh, I mean, it just all came together. I mean, we – it was just that it was just the locker room was so tight. I mean, it was right. unbelievably tight. I mean, we, he didn't have to say much. I mean, he very seldom came down to the locker room. He would go down there. Now, well, in the old lock, the, in the old locker room, you could right. walk out of the training room and walk right into the locker room. And he would just stand there and look, he, would, he wouldn't <laughs> yeah. step. He wouldn't step in a lot. He, he always said, "Well, we can come in the locker room," but he would never come in the locker room. He was just standing there, and he said, "Okay," and then he would, then he would leave. and And I think he realized that it was under control, and that we had it under control.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, we had we had it where where he wanted it.
0: I don't know if you do this or not, but if if you're ranking your catches all the time, oh, where does the Denver catch come in? <laughs> and you know the one I'm talking about, down the side yeah, I know the one uh it's got to be up there it's up there, and difficulty really, circumstance the whole works yeah,
1: pressure the the you needed to play to get back in the game, uh to me, it was just a catch, and then the more and more I look at it now and I, as after I looked was I mean like it was like. But wow, that was a big catch, yeah. And then now that I look at it, I was like, "Man, that was a pretty damn good catch, right? That was a big <laughs> catch, you know." And uh, you know, I could call some other catches that were that that was big. But going back at ranks, it has a rank in the in the top three because
0: yeah, because the lead you guys had taken control of the game. You had the lead, but it still didn't feel as if you were controlling it yet. You still right. needed a big play. You. you you go down the left side, Mark rolls out to that side, throws it up.
2: McCardle in motion. Brunel with time. Now he's gonna come on the run. Turns, lost it downfield looking for Keenan in the end zone. Keenan leaps.
1: And I know he was going left. And I was on the left. And he rolled left. And he threw it. And I kind of I saw it. And I tried to play you know, play like I he didn't throw it. And I really left hands space at this point.
0: You're and I'm running that. out of
1: space. And I and uh, and I was running out of space. And I saw it. And I just kind of, kind of froze. just kind of slowed down to slow the, slow the defender down, so I could just kind of post him up a little bit and catch it over my outside shoulder. So if I turned this way, he would have turned and saw it. And, right. uh, and I, I I just kind of let the ball go over, he saw it late, and he went up late, and it went over his hand, and I was like, I got, this is a touchdown. And the only thing I was worried about was getting my feet down.
0: Was he in?
2: Oh, how do you not call that a touchdown? He made the catch in the end zone. Yes! Touchdown, Jaguars! Touchdown, Jacksonville! Touchdown, Jacksonville! 31 yards from Burke Brunel to Keenan McArdle. Touchdown, Jacksonville!
1: When I went up, and I, and i posted him up and caught it over my shoulder and I, <laughs> I said get the knee down and then I can I'll just kick kick uh I'll just kind of drag the next one to get it in and um <laughs> when I popped up I was like that's a touchdown regardless of what you say and I just looked at him and they were over there talking about no and the refs was like yes it, it was a touchdown and it was 48 it was Washington okay and uh
0: um, you dialogued with him a little bit right
1: I was just kind of turned to like, Oh, that's a touchdown. Like it was like, no, I was like, no, no, no. And, and, and Steve came over to Atwater. They were like, no, no. I was like, yes, it is. It, it, it's <laughs> a touchdown. And, um, I, I just was like, I mean, when I did it, I was like, okay, that's a play. We need another play. Right. We're like, it, it was just a, I, I was like, let's
0: go. Let's, Let's finish this and that was the like, mode that team was in at that point. One play. Yeah. Let's go do yes. it again. Five minutes later, Mark's running for twenty seven yards and then Jimmy's catching the
1: the winning the touchdown. The I mean that the, the touchdown that, that that sealed it. I mean, it was I, I mean, we were just saying we needed to make a play. Somebody needs to right. and a lot of times we've been in the huddle, Tony, the the old line, the Leon, uh being able to say, Hey, y'all gotta go make a play. We're gonna block these dudes now one of y'all got to make a play. That's, Bo, that's Bo's big thing. Hey, you guys got to make a play. We, we up here battling, go make a play. And, you know, I was like, gotcha. I mean, that's just kind of the, 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 the confidence that they had in us and the confidence that we had in, in them. And, and Mark would be like, I got y'all. Let's go. You know, and, uh, you know, he was cool hand Luke all the time.
0: So. Right. You mentioned the cell. You told me a great story. I think it was last year that there was a time maybe later on when you guys were playing together, you and Baselli, where you're walking through, I think, the rubber hallway and, and you're both hurt. You're both beat up and saying, why are we doing this? They're making us go out and whatever. And then you both looked at each other and said, no, nah, we love it. I mean, and that sort of struck me as it, it defines a lot about both you guys, the love of the game. Yes. So you guys kind of shared that, didn't you?
1: Yes, we did. Um <laughs> It's funny. We were in the locker room one day too, and um, he's like, "Boy, I'm beat up." I said, "I am too," um, and we were looking at each other. It's like, well, it was. I think it was at the end of the season. It, it might have been after the, um, might have been after the second championship game in '99, and uh, we were we were beat up playing, you know, and he had to have shoulder surgery. I had to have knee surgery, and it's like. I can't see myself doing this again. He was like, "I was like, yeah, right, Tony." And I was like, "I'm hurting." He's like, "Yeah, you're right. We are gonna get it done. Let's go. We gotta go. Come <laughs> back." We, I mean, after the like, after the '99 season, we were we were so pissed that we we wanted it didn't matter. We were gonna get well yeah. to get back to where we were, where yes. we wanted to be, and uh, it was just something that, that me and him had a bun and like toughness. Like we were gonna be out there regardless it didn't matter um, what was going if if we could play we knew we could help the team
0: oh when i say 99 what do you think of what's first thing that comes to your mind
1: um disappointment because um probably the best team i have i played on and i've played i've i've been on two super bowl yeah. teams I've been on a 14 and 2 team in San Diego with an MVP uh, with Ladanian, uh, Phillip. um,
0: Good team. Yep.
1: Been a Super Bowl team in Tampa, which was really good. Really, we were really good in Tampa. Um, But I I really think the world didn't see one of the best teams in 99. I mean, Tennessee, I got to give them credit. They came in and did what they had to do. Came in and did what they had to do. They were a good team, not taking anything away from. Them. But mm-hmm. I think we were probably the better team, and it would have been a pretty exciting Super Bowl. I'm gonna be honest with you. I was looking forward to. I mean, and and some people say you probably was looking past Tennessee. I never look past Tennessee. You can't look past Tennessee because the the visual foe and right. You know you can't look past them, but. It would have been interesting to see the greatest show on turf <laughs> play us. Uh, we we It would have been fun. I mean, what could have, should have. We didn't do it. Sure. Tennessee did. And um, I just think 99 was was probably one of the better teams, probably the best team I've played
0: on. You played a lot of years, but it, it still feels, and maybe it's because I covered you there, but it still feels like those Jaguars years for you, 96 through 2002. It still sort of feels like home to you, doesn't it? It does. Something about that. It
1: it, 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 it does. I mean, uh, probably because I spent the six years, the longest tenure of my career in sure. Jacksonville. But it was, it was home it, it, because it was from the start. I mean, I was one year from the start, but it was just like it was from the start of the franchise's history starting to to change, not just being an expansion team, uh, being a team that people respected, uh, wanted to see. You know, we went from a team that nobody really wanted to see on primetime to a team that people wanted to see. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, you know, and a couple wins here. I mean, we've had some big wins on Monday Night Football. We've we played some of the Best teams on Monday night, and we've we've won. And I and I, I tell my guys that now I say, the city is fun, man. When you're winning, you just got to go play. I mean, right. the city the city brightens up, it it livens up. Uh, the lights come on for everybody in this city when you're winning, and um, and it embraces you. It embraces you. it. It embraces you so much. And I I always tell them, I said. Anytime I get a, anytime I get a, a player that's from Florida or Georgia, right, and they played in the Florida Georgia game, I just tell them to the, tell the tell some of the players in the room the experience of what that game is about and what the fans of Jacksonville embraces. They right. embraces good football, good competition. Uh, people that love to play the game, the passion for the game, because, you know, it's just not Duval. You're going to get Brunswick. You don't get, get the lower part of Georgia coming to see the Jags. We used to get those people, you know, yep. and and Daytona. We like, we get people from, from all over. And I mean, I just tell them, you get back to that. We get back to that. We need to get back to that. I mean, I think, uh, you know, it's one step at a time, um, and we gotta, we gotta, we gotta just buy in and, and believe that we're gonna get back there.
0: A couple final questions. I know you are are passionate about coaching receivers, but I've always seen you as a guy who can pretty much coach whatever. Offensive coordinator in your future, I mean, is it, or some receivers coaches just like coaching the position. I didn't know what your thoughts were, where your aspirations were on that front.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, man, I got aspirations, uh, big, big time. I mean, they. I love my receivers. I love coaching receivers, you know. But you, you can't say you short, self short of being a coordinator, or even a head coach. I mean, I, sure. I, that's one. That's one thing I, I would love to be because, you know, you, you feel like you're a leader of men, you know, you know, just being a leader of men makes you a qualifiable person right. to be a head coach. It's not just you can call plays to be a head coach. It's not that you don't know anything about football to be a head coach. It's leading people and wanting and and people responding to your leadership and the way, and to go out and play for you. I mean, I think that's what, I mean, A head coach is. I mean, it's not just, I mean, you, you can walk in any room and coach. You can walk in any room and they respect you and they'll run through the wall for you. It's not that just you went out there and called the best player in the world. Right. Okay. After a while, when the defense decides that they can, they, they know what's coming, they can stop it. Is that, is that a leader, man? Right. I mean, he, he has to make changes. Yeah. But he has to make an adjustment as a head coach. You got to make sure your players know that, Hey, you're better than them. You can.
0: And there may not be, it, it, there may not be a guy who's played for as many great ones as you have. Right. Head coach. And I mean, Marty. Belichick, Gibbs, <laughs> Marty, Groot. I mean, this is a, a um, lot of Hall of Famers I, in your background. I,
1: I, yes. And, you know, I, I, I take this from, from Marty. Marty always said, if I got good people, I'll have a good team. If I got good men, respectable men, I'll have a good team because I'm gonna put coaches around myself and and me and coach them the way we want them to be coached. You know, and, and they gotta have some talent, he says. But if they're good people and, and and he always say enjoy playing the game. He's like, "Coach, you got to love to play this game." He said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, but sometimes, <laughs> you know, you got you're going to have some that you that that's going to do their things. I'm fine, you like, I'm fine with that, but that's why I got to have a couple that can pull some guys back in and and make them, you know, enjoy the game, you know, and you know, and I mean, just the hard work of Tom, the hard work of coach Belichick. I mean, he keeps so, he's so to the, to the vest. He's he keeps uh, everything to the vest. So you won't know anything about him, you know, or what, what he's thinking. Uh, poker face, you know, you learn, I mean, I've been been there with a whole bunch of them and uh, like John, I mean, passionate for the game. Uh, he's so freaking passionate for the game. Uh, to the point that if you're not a passionate player, it may sound phony to you, gotcha. you know. But if you're a passionate player, you know how passionate he is about the game. And, you know, it, I, I tell people this all the time. He's probably one of the best uh, offensive mind the guys that I've been around in this game um, as far as matching up people. And and getting matchups. Besides, my next person would, i mean—and I played with Kevin, and Kevin, I, I felt like Kevin was a was a really good offensive-minded person mm-hmm. too, Gilbride. Um, but I mean, like, but what I was saying is like being around John, uh, Tom, you know, Coach Gibbs. You know, it was just—I've been around some good people, and, and 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 saw how they taught players, how they how they have treated players. How they taught them to play the game, how they taught them to be men, and just you know, even though you know Coach Gibbs is probably one of the best minds I've ever been around too, offensively. Sure. And my my rookie year, I was I was in awe because I was taught <laughs> so well. I mean, so I mean, just just being around those guys help you understand how to, as they say, push a button or two from players and right. get them to get them to play. I mean, so I don't, I don't I don't know if. Just being an offensive coordinator, or is that is that the root? Is that the is that the way to be a head coach, or is it just being a a a leader of men? Is is that the way to be a head coach? You know, the thing about being a head coach, people don't realize you gotta want to play for your guy. You gotta want to go out and lay it on the line for him. You know, and 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 be accountable to him. And it's like I always tell I used to tell John this all the time. I say, um, even when when we held out, when I held out, I just this was one of the things I told him. I said, John, I, I, I hurt all this, all that. I was accountable to you for every Sunday. I was gonna be there. If I only reason I wasn't gonna be on the field for you was because I couldn't I couldn't raise my arm to catch a ball. I couldn't couldn't run to catch a ball, but right. I was gonna be accountable for you. I mean, and that's you. You just forgot about that. Like, I'm I'm there every every Sunday, you know. And 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 that's the thing. You want guys to be a that 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 want to be on the field for you on Sunday, not just want to be on the field for the money. Want to be on the field for you and the guys next to you. And you got to get guys that 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 you got to get a, a, a first. You got to get a coach that wants that that gets that out of players and you got, you got to have players that want to be that way. So, I mean, I don't know which way it is to, which route is going to be for me to be a head coach or offensive coordinator. But you know what? I take it one day at a time. I mean, as my dad always used to tell me, (laughs) he used to tell me that all the time, if it's for you, it's for you. The
0: Ozone. Five. 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 Alright, this is the Ozone five with Keenan McCardell. Keenan, last binge watch.
1: Uh Peaky Blinders. Was it good? Oh, it was good. It was great. Like it was a great it was a great
0: five series. <laughs> five series. My seasons. wife loves it. Yes. My wife loves that show. LeBron or Michael?
1: Michael. If the last dance did tell everybody how good this guy is, it's, it's scary. Not, not taking something away from LeBron, but it's Michael.
0: Your last chore you did around the house?
1: I cleaned the stove off because I, I messed it up. I had to clean the stainless steel uh, stove. I had to get all the burnt stuff off the stove.
0: Last song or station listened listen to in your car?
1: Pandora, and I was listening to, what was I listening to? Oh, I was listening to um, um, Warren G, Regulator.
0: Okay. And finally, your go-to takeout, let's say when you're in Jacksonville, what's your go-to takeout?
1: Your pies or Blaze. is one or the other. I'm I'm, – it depends on if I want to drive the Blaze or if not, I'm right around the corner of your pie So it's a
0: pizza <laughs> I mean, it's for my heart The Jaguars are a better place when you're around it The NFL is a better place because you're around it I can't thank you enough for giving us the time today And, you know, it, it's been a fantastic 24 years Knowing you and talking to you <laughs> And yes. I think it, I think that it came across today in this So I can't thank you thank enough you. And I hopefully we'll do this again soon I appreciate you very much
1: Thank you, John. Thank you for having me, man. I I enjoyed it. All
0: right. I'd like to thank Keenan for giving us some time this week. And uh, Dave, I think it came across in the interview when I was talking to him. One of my favorite players to cover in 25, 26 years doing this. I'm uh, proud to consider him a friend. We went from me covering him to run into him at the senior bowl. I always followed his career. Loved watching him play. I, one of my favorites, and I think that came across, but you were a fan of this team when Keenan played. Tell me about what he meant to you as a fan and fans of this team in that, in that era.
2: He was thunder. That's all you got to say. I mean, (laughs) he was thunder. He, uh, you know, Keenan, the one thing about him was that as a fan, he just remembers toughness, right? He was, Jimmy was kind of the flash and, and, and Keenan was the, the tough guy, the getting yards and, and he'd get, you know, smacked or pounded, big hit, and get back up and yeah. throw the first down sign. That's kind of what I remember about him. And that catch in Denver, yeah. that really difficult catch they made in the in the back of the end zone. Um, you know, and, like, like uh, I, I kind of tell this story about Keenan. So um, I grew up a fan. Um, you know, I went and worked some other places after I graduated college. I came back here to work for a TV station in town I was, as a sports photographer. I was at the Senior Bowl. It was actually me and Patrick Kavanaugh, our other producer with the Jaguars. He was right. working at the TV station as well. And we're at the Senior Bowl. And we're, like, loading the car up, putting cameras and tripods in, in our car. And we look over. We're like, it's Thunder. It's Keenan McCardell. And it's when he was – right when he. this was probably 10 years ago when he was uh, an assistant coach for the uh, Washington Redskins. Yep. And uh, we're like, it's Thunder. We got to go – and we're not like, I'm personally not like I go up to a guy and get a picture, but we were both like, looked at each other and were fired up. And we went over and grabbed a picture with him back, you know, back then. Fast forward 10 years later, it's like, I see him at the hall in the hallway and you know, he's now he's, he, you know, he's Keenan and you see him around and it's awesome for him to be back with the Jaguars. It seems like his right place. It seems like where he should be, you know, really so, is. uh, it's also cool to now, now, work with him we don't work together and that you know he's a coach and i do what i do but sure. it's cool that our paths cro- cross uh, pretty often and um and i was super excited when we got him on the podcast
0: and i'm and i'm fired up that uh everybody got to listen to this and i think i'll close with this by saying this about keenan in all my years of doing this covering college football high school football pro pro uh, um I don't want to say that the game meant more to him than it did anybody else I ever covered. Because I've covered guys that it mattered to. But he's up there in terms of this mattered to him. He loves it. He loves what he's doing now. He's one of those guys, if he could put on the pads one more time, I'll bet he would trade years to go do it. You know, he loved it that much. It mattered to him. And my sense, Dave, is that that's why fans connected to him so much. You could see it in the way you, you could see it in the interviews. Uh, and, and I was glad to hear him say during the podcast, being a Jaguar specifically mattered to him. He cherishes those times. He was there when it was new. He understood the importance. He had studied the history of the game. So he knew what 96 was, all those things. It it It, it, it killed him like it did the fans to lose in 99 all those things it sticks with him I don't know if he's the Mr. Daguar but he would be a candidate in that sense he's the guy who really defines a lot of what this organization has been about and I uh, you know it was great to have him on and I think the the uh, material is fertile enough that I think we'll probably do it again at some point he has a lot to say about a lot of things and uh, with that we'll close this up I want to thank Joe Fortunato and David Candice. and uh, once again I hope we didn't suck and I don't think this one did